Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. It's episode 12 of the 23-24 season. Uh, only three of us today. We've got myself, James. We've got John. Hello, John. Hello, James. We've got Jack. Hello, Jack. Hello. And there is no Connor. Yay. Yeah, why is he Connor? I forget why he's bailed on us. Is he traveling or something? He's gone, he's gone to Belfast. Just hunting down Not scouting. Ed McGinty. Um. Hasn't Ed, he's gone on he loan was, back there today, hasn't he? He was flying him over, <laughs> driving him. Taking him, yeah. <laughs> Take him back. Harsh. Very harsh. What harsh opening. Um, cool. So what are we doing today? Uh, news section, talk a bit about what's been going on in the January window and a bit about contracts, people, some people coming in, some people going out. Uh, Carlisle and Barnsley, only the two games, which is quite nice. We usually have about 12 to get through. Um We'll look at what's been going on across League One, and then we'll preview Bristol Rovers on Saturday. And then we've got Pompey, haven't we? On oh, that's at home, isn't it? Yeah, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, maybe talk a little bit about that as well. Um, let's get into it. News: um, Rosie has been at the club for forty years. I thought that was nice. There was an article on the BBC site about it as well. Um, Chelsea reject banner at Barnsley last night, Jack. You enjoy that? Well, it's got to be done, and it? it's kind of the living, um, the living joke that goes alongside with him. So, yeah, very, very well done. He didn't used to like the Chelsea reject stuff, did he? Um, from memory, back in the day, he used to run all of the Oxford's um, soccer courses. Why am I calling it? I think they called them soccer courses. I don't know why. But I used to go to those, and he used to be there, and they'd always get like a player to rock up. And he, he used to, he did used to be good banter. It was always Les Robinson. Maybe Les didn't have much to do at the time, but he was there. Anyway, he's John, he's a great servant, isn't he, for the club? Really good banter, good on co-coms. It's just everything about Oxford United. Yeah, and I feel like everyone, because some people seem to have lots to do with the club and have all their sort of stories about, but I feel like everyone's had some sort of interaction with Rosie without even realising it. Like... I went. I did like work experience at the club years ago, and he was really great on that. But it just feels like you've had. I've come across him three or four times, and I can't even remember how or why. He's just he's just everywhere. Nice. How did you nail work experience at the club? I wrote him a letter asking. Oh, and they said, yes. well done. I worked in like a butcher's or something. It was awful. <laughs> Sorry for any butchers listening. I didn't have a good time personally. Um. Anyway, the last time we spoke. Um, we were talking a bit about comms, weren't we? And like club comms, and we had quite a big debate about it. And there was a lot of stuff going around the fan base around issues surrounding the stadium, amongst other things. And then quite quickly after our last pod, um, a message from the CEO, Tim Williams, came out. And Jack, sounded, like you, sounded like you were claiming a link there, but I don't, really, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. Well, Tim, don't we get Grant Ferguson on our socials a fair bit. Maybe he talked to Tim and then Tim was straight out there with some some copy. But Jack, the interesting thing about this one was the thing that stuck with me was the assistant manager announcement, which people have talked about a fair bit, but it was a bit of an odd one, wasn't it, with Chris Hackett? Yeah, it was just oddly, well, it was oddly worded um, on two counts. One, thrown in a statement like that that was mainly talking about commercial stuff and hinting at stadium bits and then Des following it up with the kind of we've gone early on that which I think in hindsight he's kind of covered again by saying what he actually meant was he doesn't see him as an assistant manager per se rather that he's got a group of coaching staff um, and perhaps calling him an assistant manager in that kind of statement was a bit over the top but yeah it definitely got some people wound up for the wrong reasons immediately. It's the, it does, the irony of no comms to lots of comms and people still getting annoyed. Yeah, it did, did make sense to me what he said, what Des came back out and said, John, because you've got someone like Craig Short who's been in and around the game for... I know Hackett's had a very long career and spent a good proportion of that with Oxford, but it would have been interesting to elevate him above Craig Short in my in my book. It felt a slightly kind of a kind of modern coaching type of thing that you know I don't know assistant manager I have a team and all that sort of thing. I, 
don't quite buy it that much because ultimately he's still going to want to go to one person probably more than others. Yeah. But, the different things, though, is what he kind of suggested. They've yeah, got which, strengths and... Which is yeah. kind of... Which is fine enough, really. Um, I think the problem with the, the comms, I mean, the, what was put out wasn't... <clears throat> it was... Didn't say an awful lot, it, it, but it was it was fine. It's just kind of... The problem is it just correlates with... the When the club does do comms, it, the results seem to really kind of matter as to how it lands. And I think if they just pop something out randomly doesn't say much even in good or bad times it, it just doesn't really help so i think you just kind of need to really sort of get in a rhythm of like once a quarter yeah. doing an update and that's becomes it t- takes away the sort of oh things are bad off the pitch yeah cause you'll just get more critique when you wait long as to jack's point you the longer you yeah. wait when something does come it'll end up getting critiqued I just, shit. I just don't think <laughs> jokes aside the club should be respond doing any comms based on one us saying anything two well people on twitter moaning about it three fans forum or they're sorry on like online forums whatever they should just be doing it like in their own thing which is sure they are it's just probably a bit coincidence but. yeah there is a lot of chat about the fans forum stuff and i'm kind of on the fence about it because you get some good content in there and if the club has committed to do it it is important to follow through on promises and things like that and it gives fans access to the club but often a lot of the content that go <laughs> comes in and goes in and comes out from those things is just not it doesn't feel like it needs to be a priority but maybe no, it's, with all it's the, the things commission going on, to do it is the is the sort yeah. of the fatal point um yeah they do feel at times like people are desperate for them and then when they come they're like oh not actually million people turn up and all that sort of stuff. It, it's kind of an overblown thing to strike off about. Where's uh, Mr. Matt gone? He's disappeared for a bit, isn't he? It was he, after you he, accused him of being a predator that time. <laughs> <laughs> he He's certainly uh, gone quiet. And he, I don't think he was mentioned in the... It wasn't him who'd written the stadium update either, was it? And he's the... What's his title? Like the stadium development director or something? Um. So yeah, he seems to have gone a bit quiet, but that might be because obviously the planning application is still being worked on. So you would assume he's got more priorities than telling everyone everything he's doing. Yeah, fair. Um, was there anything in the Tim Williams's update around the stadium beyond just the stuff we already know about? Like, there's a bit of a delay with the application, or was that more from um, Jerome on the dub when he was kind of talking but, about the road closure and the bridge? And... Yeah, they put a separate statement out about the stadium that basically said, after the consultation closed, we had lots of things to read over. We're now making the application kind of hit those things that people have raised, and therefore yeah. we will submit it. Um, obviously, they didn't allude to... Um, road pieces or bridges like Jerome hinted at but it was very much it's still being worked on but don't worry kind of release I think yeah this must this is standard protocol wasn't it with something at this scale though you'd have thought I don't know yeah surely I mean the main thing recently was that rather daft um story about Kassam apparently saying oh no oh come back yeah the Oxford Mail I'm not sure what that was about I didn't. I know they have to. I don't not mind. Be I don't mind, I don't the, mind other, the story, but... like it, but it, it didn't feel like it had been sort of. Unless the club decided not to kind of roll in and comment on it, it, it did feel that bit seemed to be missing. I don't mind the principle it... of the story, but it's felt there was some layers and bits that had been missed from it. Mm. Well, I think it was actually. Um digging into something that had already been raised a few months back because friends of Stratfield Break had asked Kassam in a Freedom of Information request around that. And I think for some reason the Oxford Bell decided to run it now um, amongst the kind of noise of people saying, where's the plan application, which is just unhelpful. And like John says, it was missing so many kind of evidential points to give a, give a rounded story. And actually, you know, to headline something as, you know, stadium owner says football club can stay without giving context to what question or anything they'd actually asked him. It was very unhelpful. Um, yeah. And, and the thing is... That was uh, the timing. Kassam probably, well, probably would happily take the same situation or our money for like three or four years whilst wider things around the ability to knock down stadiums, potentially turn into housing, inflationary costs, all this sort of stuff mellows out a bit. 
but that's not that's not create doesn't create a sustainable long term future for the club, and that's yeah. that's the missing point. Um, it's not about oh, can I rent the house for another year? It's you know I need somewhere for twenty five years, and that was the sort of well, that was the bit that was was missing. I, I think he was trying to make it sensationalised that it was like oh, we've pulled a fast one, and clubs been open about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so on to player related news. Uh, we I think we pretty much knew about Joe Bennett. Um, extending his time with us and, until the end of the season. I don't think we need to talk too much about Bennett, but he's been solid, wealth of experience, um, really given us a good option, some good cover there. And, a, and when with Greg Lee kind of just coming back in and finding his feet, um, yeah. The only issue is he's obviously potentially got a bit injured last night um, at the Barnsley game. So hopefully so, that's not too serious. I do prefer him as a left-back than a wing-back. It doesn't... Yeah, he's not fast enough for the latter, is he? I think it relies on us really knowing and being able to play that system well for him as a wing-back to thrive. Um, for, but that's that's nothing. It's his ability and the signing of him. It's just a point that sprang into my head. It, it, do you know what? That's actually really... When I was looking at that, and we will jump around as per usual, but looking at the side we started with last night... I thought the same thing. I kept. I looked. I was just looking at it ahead of the game, thinking this doesn't look too dangerous, really, for the opposition. Um, and I do think that's a big part of it. It's not like a Marvin Johnson esque wing back, is it? But that isn't who Bennett is, um, or what he's meant to be. And his strengths aren't going to be um, keeping chalk on his boots and flying down that side. Um, but regard, I think that Greg Lee potentially can give us that um, when he's back in. We've seen him obviously do it before. So hopefully that's, if he does come back in, Bennett may be spending a bit more time on the bench, but we'll have to see. Greg Lee's never played in a, a three, has he? No. Has he always been a wing, a fullback or a wingback? He's just very large. So you'd think he might transition... <laughs> Well, left-footed centre-backs is not our problem, is it? <clears throat> yeah, true. Although Kieran Brown, I don't think I've seen him play worse than uh, <laughs> last night for a long time. Anyway, um, Goodrim signed a new deal. That's another um, kind of badly kept secret. But good. I do forget sometimes that he's, what, 20? And I give him a bit of a hard time at times, which I might do a little bit in this pod. But... Yeah, <laughs> it's it's still great, isn't it, John? That you know there was it's, it's rumblings around protection, him. ultimately, and yeah, his <clears throat> inconsistency is twenty, um, but having having moments, it's just about more moments and more all round play. But we'll probably say that three times later as well. Yeah, and then Jack, our goalkeeping expert, Jamie coming did end up coming in. Very good. Sorry. Yeah, sorry for doing that. Um. And we did talk about him a little bit, I think, on the on the previous pod, but yeah, calling it out. The main thing that we need to talk about with Jamie coming, um, beyond his kind of Chelsea uh kind of setup and the loans he's had, was is his investment in a cheesecake company called the Mighty Slice, who specialise in protein based cheesecakes. Um Isn't there a lot of protein in cheesecake anyway? Because of the cheese. Well they obviously there's more in Jamie Cummings protein-based cheesecakes it, it just feels a bit like do you remember when a lot of players were like doing that herbal life like oh yeah side hustle supplement pyramid yeah. scheme or whatever i mean i'm not saying this is but it, i wonder if it's the next uh when i take a corner i also like to take herbal life yeah like that jamie cummins cheesecakes are in asda though that's that's the big news really yeah they're Fair in play. asda so has he been on dragons then i don't know i think he should go on dragons then though and then he could, like, someone could kick a cheesecake at him and he could catch it as part of the thing, just to bring it all together. Um, if people don't believe us, go on um, his Instagram. I think there's a link, isn't there? He, he, this is all good publicity for the Mighty Slice company. Do you reckon he sponsored the podcast? Like maybe, actually. Only if we say nice things. And sing the song every year yeah yeah and take out that bit about is it the next pyramid scheme for footballers <laughs> yeah do we um talk a bit about him i mean he's jackie's looked pretty good he had a really good save at a very important time 
away at Carlisle to avoid it being very similar to that Orient game where we went 3-0 up and got pegged back to 3-2. It wasn't. It was less so much the save, more his positioning and how quickly he got across his line to then be in the right place when the shot came in. I was really impressed, but he seems pretty good with the ball at his feet as well. Yeah, I think I think we said on the last pod that he's, you know, the most perfect replacement for Beadle in terms of slotting into a system, um, and what and us wanting to use a, a goalkeeper as a kind of fifth or sixth defender with with ball at feet. He looks solid enough. Um, I think he'll be fine for the rest of the season. I think we've got bigger, you know, prob- not problems but bigger gaps to fill, um, and don't have to worry about that one. Yeah, <clears throat> what was the song that we created for him? Jamie Cummings magic. He likes a nice cheesecake. And when he oh. wants more protein, he starts another bake. <laughs> he saves, God, was it? He saves shots with his left hand. He bakes cakes with his right. <laughs> and then you have to fashion something about 108 degrees Celsius, not Fahrenheit, into the remainder yeah, of the yeah. lyric. And I'm not sure. Oh, it's so good. That will really catch on. We just have to, have to. We, Andy started it very briefly at Carlisle away. Um, didn't quite, didn't quite set in. Um, John Tyler Berry. There was lots of chat that he rejected us, and we should all be furious. But um, clearly, where did he go? He went off to the Danish Winston. Super League. Yeah, that classic rotation back to League One. Um, not much to say yet. I guess we just need to see him in action. Yeah, I liked what he... He seemed to have a presence about him when he came on the last night or at, Barn, at Barnsley. Um, so I think he looked... Yeah, he looks like he was, wasn't... was Had ability to sort of try and grip the game slightly. Um, I think it's fine. Um, I don't think he's a player we're going to fall in love with, probably. But um, it's a... It's a sort of... He looks sense. He's got credibility and he's played at a high level. So yeah. all, all fine. He looks... He's taller than I thought he'd be. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought and commented on that that's a nice option as well. Yeah. He had a slightly comical run, but we'll have to see if that manifests through his games at Oxford. You know, like Raheem Sterling's got a certain run. Tyler yeah, it's a bit of a logic. Logic. He has a funny run. Yeah. Just, just keep an eye on it. I'm not sure if I. It might have just been an odd moment. We'll see. Good luck, Tyler. Um,. Uh, Carl Edwards, there was that kind of strange thing about him uh, going back to Ipswich, but he'll do his rehab with us. And then he signed a permanent deal with the club until the end of the season with, you know, a lot of the comms coming out suggesting we'll have him for that kind of last month and the run-in. Jack, I I really hope there's like an option. If if he's doing his rehab with us and he may, may only get a couple of weeks or something back, I hope there's an option there if we want him to stay beyond it but I'm not, I can't recall if we've had anything similar in the past. Yeah, I can't decide where I sit with him because he literally played like six games for us and we all got very excited. Um, it's that goal away at Fleetwood. I know we yeah, talked about last time. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it's one Lovely of those things you, you only remember that from his five or six games. Uh, historically, he's not played that much football for how long he's been around. He's 25 now and not actually played that many games. Um so, yeah, you hope he gets properly fit and we see him in that last month and then he shows that he's worthwhile offering something to. Um, why we felt we had to turn it permanent during the window, considering he got made a free agent, I, I don't know. But I've, I guess it's effectively a long-term trial now for him to get fit and we'll see see where it ends up. Do you not think, John, that we'll have an option on him if we want it for this to make sense for the club? beyond just this hoping that he's fit with a month left to go of the season. I just don't get the sense that that's sort of deal you can really do, like on that short term plus an option. It tends to need to be a year or two years plus. I, I think it's a bit of a risk with this one. That he may kind of come back, may have a few games, and then another club looks at him and goes, actually, this is worth a, worth a punt. And it, it feels like it's much more playing on the loyalty point yeah um but that's well yeah i mean yeah i just hope he's back and he's firing and is marcus brown anywhere near anything at the moment the same it's gonna be a similar time time frame as edwards 
What a nightmare that he, is. He's out of contract in the summer, and I'd be very surprised if we trigger his option because no, no he can't chance. Get on the pitch. No chance. It's a constant thing. He's definitely pl- like been out more than he's been in, for sure. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> no chance. You feel really sorry for him because he's like not. He's not being allowed. It's not. I mean, no, obviously, no one wants to get injured, but it feels like he's being taken away from him to show what he can do. Yeah. There's something there with him as well, isn't there? There really is. Um, and then, John, this was quite an exciting, the kind of Will Goodwin saga. Um, it was kind of going around that Charlton were obviously in for him and were made kind of an offer and an approach first. It, I think it was on the dub where they, they were suggesting Charlton offered more money and he still chose to come to us. So... It's exciting. It's it's an interesting one. I think he's got six goals in nine, but obviously he was part of that Cheltenham squad that couldn't hit a barn door type thing for a while. So, But he's 21. He's not Marriott and he's not an older player with where there's no kind of ongoing fee. I, I just, I kind of, I mean, I think all the points about his scoring record, etc. Of course, they're valid for discussion. But for me, it was the sort of the type of player that he is that I was particularly excited by. He is kind of that. He's not an, he's not a meathead big striker, but he is a big striker. He will um, make, be able to play a slightly more aggressive type of football with him, and he'll be able to. You know, we talked about crosses into the box where the only option really was to roll them across. You'll be able to do everything to him. You'll be able to knock it into channels if things are going badly you can just bang it up to him and he will probably win more balls than than not and I don't think he's I don't think he's like rapid but he's not slow either Um, so for me he's kind of he's exciting what he can bring and the options and way we can play with him if you assume that he continues to be a single striker with two wingers so and I think it's important that we were that we showed that we would spend this sort of money um I'm not saying there is there is a difference between 300 and 400 k, obviously, but it doesn't. I think it's not. I'm not worried about that. So I I thought it was great to see us show a statement and and this won't have been. This isn't a gamble signing. It's like oh god, who was available? Let's just sign a striker. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. It's, it's been on yeah. the list um, as well, which is reassuring. Obviously, it's frustrating that he's injured, and I really don't think we should rush him as much as we want to, and to a degree, kind of need to start scoring for obvious reasons but it's just back to that thing about Harris has obviously picked up form has Harris made it slightly harder for Goodwin to make his way into the side because he scored what four in three games type thing I don't I don't think I mean obviously Harris has picked up form in terms of he's scored a couple of goals but I don't think he's kind of I don't think he's really sort of like stamping a mark to say no, actually, stick with me. Um, in sort of, it's only Carlisle and then the goal against Charlton. It, it's sort of back to form last night. And um, I, I wonder, do you think they can both play together, Jack? Like you know, Barnsley like, last night when they brought Cosgrove. I know it was seventy million miles an hour winds and whatever, and they brought Cosgrove on. But I was looking at Cole and Cosgrove, thinking, I mean, that's two big blokes, but. Um, be interesting to see if Harris can play off um, I think Goodwin. It, it, it definitely gives the option. Um, I think in these last 19 or so games, we're going to need to find a way sometimes that isn't just continuing with plan A. Obviously, Harris can play wide as well if necessary. Um, so you could see Harris play out out on the right and Goodwin down the middle. Um, I'm sure Harris would love one. it. I'm sure Harris would love yeah. it. Like he's, he basically... The, one of the big problems is there's rarely a player like 10 yards away from him or mm. occupying others. I think he, and it's, you know, it's not little and large, but it's sort of large and quick. So I think at the right time in games where you need to, the shape becomes less relevant, you could absolutely do it. You could play that. Um, I always used to play it on FIFA. Or was it for football manager? <laughs> that 5 five two one two, where you'd have Ruben in the hole. And then you, but you definitely, you know, we're chatting about Bennett and people earlier. You absolutely rely on width on the flanks for that. But it is an option. You can play play that and have someone in the hole. Um, but you like good, but the ball which does. The, neither of the wing backs had last night against Barnsley was not again not chipping it up to a big striker, but being able to put it into um, 
well, actually, more exactly that. Like, they couldn't hit it up to Harris, so they just didn't have that option. Yeah. Be inter- it'd be really interesting to see if we go for that or whether the only time we see it uh, manifesting is um, when we're behind and chasing a game or something. But it'd be quite nice to see it against lesser sides. I just think the only way that happens is if you've got, yeah, Lee playing. Stevens, to be fair, has been quite good in, in an attacking sense for quite a few games. He's just had a f- had it drop off in certain others. Um, players going out. Actually, should we finish up the chat about who else might come in? I think we know a right winger uh, is on the cards and another striker with it likely being Gatlin um, going out. And I agreed with what Jerome was saying on on the dub about it probably being a conference level, you know, National League side rather than a League Two um, based on how Gatlin's gone so far this season. People subscribe to that. Yeah, definitely. Um he just needs to go and play, and he's not—he's not capable of start. No, he's not capable of influencing game from the start in the way we need. So, absolutely, I think definitely another striker. Um, if Tyler Bury is left-sided, then yeah, we need something on the right. Um, but yeah, do you, th- do you think it'll be a right-sided player, and then maybe a versatile player along the front line? Given the fact that Brown and Edwards are probably crocked for the duration because I just can't see a third striker like where it's not like we've got loads of cups to play people in and lots of but I suppose there's just lots of games still to play in quick succession isn't there I think it'd be a difficult I mean it'd be alone and you think it it's sort of fishing in the sort of championship premiership type of space but equally it's a hard sell to that club in the days of modern loans to say Mm. how, how much can we guarantee you'll play possibly not but it's probably think, like a Mills, isn't it? First loan type jobby, just get experience of being somewhere yeah. else, you know. But again, I just think we just need to we need some security of if Goodwin isn't quite up to speed straight away, Harris continues to be what he is. Um and a team that wants to go up would wouldn't worry about this. Like they they'd wilder it, they'd just get four in and worry about that other spit later. <laughs> that was yeah, there's some funny chat about that. Can yeah. anyone beat John Grant? And on home Sodge. Who else did we? Ricky Sappleton. Um, I just remember being at that Salisbury game when Ash- Sodge... Ashley Kane. Is that a, that was a key. We got him from Coventry. Didn't yeah, we? he was a loony. Yeah. Neville um, Roach. Who? Neville Roach and Scott Fitzgerald signed on the same day. Both Gary strikers. Twig. Gary Twig. Yeah. I'm thinking Wilder signings. Lewis Chalmers. Lewis Chalmers. Yeah. Lee Good. Fowler. I'm saying players. Let's just Paul do this Evans. for half an hour. Nicky Rowe. How many? Nicky Rowe played a fair few games, didn't they? Like McLaren decent as well. Paul McLaren, yeah. Mark Wilson. Yeah. Oh, like, I really like. Paul didn't McLaren. we have like 50 players one of those, one of those seasons? Was, Francis Green was talked about. Yeah. Um, he played a fair few. Who's the other guy that the winger? Um, it'll come back to me. I used to get muddled up with Ashley Kane. Haldane. No, definitely not Lewis Haldane. <laughs> Simon Hackney. <laughs> the orange winger. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, people going out. Uh, <laughs> Gorin, John, your your old mate. He went to Forest Green and then decided he would land with a bang. <laughs> get uh, Not just get a yellow card, but go full force and get sent off. Cost, cost Troy Dini his job, clearly. I mean, I think other things might have uh, contributed <laughs> to Troy. I <laughs> did, did you hear the his interview? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just... I was like, "What are you?" I, I've always thought there's he's he speaks his mind. He's quite passionate, but I thought he was quite bright at times. But... It's like ridiculously naive, yeah, um, way to do it. Like, by all means show clear exasperation with the state of play but talk in general terms across the piece like it was just yeah we we yeah i always it's like leadership 101 don't don't to be fair carl robinson used to do it a fair bit didn't he when things were going bad in some of the early days um he would often say they and then when yeah, it was going well he'd say that's we. that's fine like a... i mean i don't have a major problem with that it was just where he was like oh and naming players and saying like x or y was a bit off today and and it was just sort of like that's just bizarre um 
But no, I mean, obviously, I Goran just gets games and it wasn't that he said they were off. I think. Well, didn't Troy Deeney literally say that guy can't he, kick he a ball? He picked out Darbo. Darbo, and, that's yeah. It. But then earlier on, he'd sort of like he said, um, so and so wasn't didn't have that great a game, and started listing players, and then he switched around. And was like, oh, actually, so and so was good, all right. So and it was all like you going to individual with this stuff. Oh, it's a shame. It's quite funny though. Um, Very funny. Right. And then we've touched on McGinty. Um, going back, that probably won't see him again in the Oxford back to, shirt. Can we cut back to the uh, that me and Jack were talking about before we started recording about do we need a midfielder for in the transfer window? Thoughts on that? Yes, on the basis that if Brannigan or McGuane go down with injury, Brannigan's closing on ten bookings. Not there yet, but that would be a too much ban. They're um, not feeling McEachran as no, a... not not for ninety minutes and not for the kind of football we're allegedly wanting to play. I don't think he's as I don't think he's as forward driven as the other two can be. Um, so if you lose one or both of them, your midfield looks very weak all of a sudden. On the basis, I don't think James Henry's got the legs to play ninety minutes. McEachran doesn't. So then you go in. Who else is there? Um, that feels like a loan though like Lewis Bates gone to MK isn't he I wouldn't have minded that um, I don't think Lewis Bates would have possibly solved the yeah, but you're not you're still not looking for a, you're not looking for competition for McGuane and Brannigan are you I don't well, think I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having I think they kind of need to kick up the proverbial but, but a midfielder who's possibly not as creative a rotter no, 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 no. Just, someone... <laughs> Just get to it, John. To be honest, at times, actually... Possibly not creative, maybe studs <laughs> slightly up. I think they just need... What the midfield is lacking is a bit of energy at the moment. Yeah, like I they, agree. They are, they are very flat, and at times, I don't think they do play that well together. Throwing the mix of Ruben is also kind of doing this very sort of... Uh, sometimes it all knits together, but sometimes the midfield, it doesn't. Like, jumping to Barnsley, but they're two midfielders... Yeah, able to rotate yeah, yeah, yeah. and move very easily, very seamlessly, creating the space. R2 was just like, oh, are we flat in front of our defence or is one of us slightly forward or is one of us going over here, is one closing? And it was just a mess. And I think, but they are obviously our strongest two midfielders. I just think there's something in getting a third option who's perfectly viable, but is probably not as not as offensive and equally not as, yes, a defensive rotter. We don't need a rotter. We just need some... No, a, a, thing. a versatile box-to-box type yeah, player. Power. Energy, yeah, power. exactly. Yeah. That. But that player obviously couldn't play every game, so it, it comes back to the the sell of how much they're going to play when they look at the squad and go, "Hang on a minute, you've got two on paper top quality league." It'd be good to have like a Lundstrom type loan, um, or someone along those lines that can pick a I pass must, and get miss, their head forward. I miss John Lundstrom so much. But the thing with him though is that he. You really notice it with certain players, don't you? In the middle of the park, they just get their head up. Um, and a really like their focus is finding a finding a pass, and that doesn't have to be the easiest one. He was just a great one for that. Um, yeah, no. To be fair, I I would go along with that. I haven't heard any other chat about midfielders. I don't think it'll happen. I'm just that's just my or oh, you are right though because if there is if one of them gets crocked, you're so, you're immediate you immediately look at it and think well you've got to you're going to have to play both McEachran and Henry in the same game to get your way through it but alongside Smith, to be fair is looking tidy like not, yeah you know he's Smith. not useful but it's not from a kind of the, it all comes back to this whole thing of like are we really going to go for it or well yeah this is the point isn't it if we're serious about playoffs as a minimum you. You want the bodies in the building to give you that chance to challenge fully. You don't want to be going to play Ports of Fratton Park with Brannigan and or McGuane missing and looking at your starting eleven. to your point, James, like you said last night, and going, oh, great, we've got Henry and McEachran. How are we going to you know, create there? So it, it, I don't think it's going to happen because Des has referenced this centre-forward and a right, right-sided forward who doesn't seem to want one. Maybe but it'll be a I surprise midfielder. But to be fair, we've been saying this every transfer window for about four or five windows. We need another kind of capable body. We've mm. been watching James Henry get you know older season by season. We don't seem to have addressed, addressed it. I know we brought McEachern in, but he's not like a spring chicken either. So it's just a consistent kind of transfer window failing, really. What's um, 
is my mate at Ipswich getting game time in the middle of the park? What's his face? Rotter. He's a bit of a rotter. Morsey. Oh, Morsey. I think so. Is he gone? No, he's still there. I'd, I'd, can you imagine if we signed someone like him? Is he playing, Jack? Yeah, he's played 25 games. That's basically oh. every game, isn't it? Could have messaged us again. Or <laughs> Tim, Tim, if you're listening. That would be good. Anyone. <laughs> um, anyway, football. Um, Carlisle away. I went there. There were no free hot dogs. Really good vibes, though, near the station. Loads of Oxford fans piling into the pub next to the station. And, um, yeah, just good good vibes in there. And then we took nearly 600, I thought, to Carlisle, which was pretty pretty good. It I just think. had a feel from the outside, though, of, like, in a way that people really kind of fancied and, like, had a good sort of joy about it. It wasn't, like, trudging to Lincoln or it was something about it from the feel of it as well. Maybe it's the good memories from previous times. That, I think there it's a stuff. bit of that. It's actually but, yeah. just quite nice. Like well, this... it's nice, yeah, and the train ride to it is amazing as well. Yeah, and it was... Um... So that was good. Atmosphere was good. But then as we were kind of midway through the first half, it felt like another one of those. It's a, This game, if you just pull it all together in one, is it was very, the moments were absolutely critical. Is in the goal on in like the 40th minute, like five minutes before half time, probably a bit against the run of play. Carlisle had had the better chances. We were in this, and I don't know how hard to go on this because patience in football is important. But we were just doing the thing you'd expect where we're kind of just playing the ball across our back line, not really finding a way through, recycling it and going back. Um, but movement really slow off the ball. It's the main thing I wrote down was that the movement wasn't there. So we kept on getting to a point where McGuane was coming back in, picking the ball up and then trying to do the thing where he kind of works his way through the lines, not couldn't do it, went back. And you saw Elliot Moore and people last night. I remember John when we were watching... You had our centre backs just looking for part, like looking, like what do I do? I don't know what to do. And it, Barnsley, to be fair, were next level with their press for the whole game. But it, Carlisle away, they nearly got through twice and nearly scored it before we did. And if we hadn't got that goal just before half time, the atmosphere in that away stand, whilst vibes were still pretty good and no one was getting too pissed off. It was a really crap like first half, and because we scored just after half time, and then we were just set. And after that, yes, we were by far kind of looked in control, managed the game for the most part. But this, but this is this is the thing that is a sort of on the slight worry mark of games, even before this one of the sort of cohesion within the team and that sort of not really having to get the ball and look up to see where everyone is that not of saying sort of I think under Manning it was so it was proper so drilled it was kind of like you can imagine on the training pitch you get the ball here and it was you know let's do the same role 50 times so everyone knows exactly where it is that's a different way but it doesn't I think Des wants to play a little bit more sort of organically but it does feel like lots of the team aren't quite clear as to what the patterns they're going to try and work work or how some of the systems work out between them and it, it just seems to be sort of a lack of very simple movement that some players can't do when the ball comes to one of us. Yeah, and me, I saw JB at half time, and we both said Carlisle were playing so high that the basically ninety percent of the players were all within a few meters of the halfway line on both sides because so they were playing such a high line, and we were kind of pressing up. Um, but we kept saying, "Why aren't we going?" But you got Harris there just gamble a few times and try and get in behind and play Harris in. And we both, both of us, we hadn't been next to each other during game, both said exactly the same thing. And believe it or not, second half, that the goal Harris where he broke through and there was a question on offside, of offside but I don't think it was, it was on the edge. But it, it was there all of the first half. And that was the thing that was worrying us. Was It's like, they're, they're, you're going to struggle to play through them because they're so pressing so high and we couldn't find a way through the lines. So play, you've got to come up with like another option. And it was just everyone around us was saying exactly the same stuff. And it's that that gets you. But then, to be fair, we did score that goal second half. Um, and Des did acknowledge a few things after the game, notably on the dub when he was reflecting on um, the performance. 
that he said a few things where I was like, I'm glad he's called that out because that was the stuff that was pissing people off in the stands. But um, Jack, it's this thing that the patient football was a thing under Manning, but it felt like there was more often like an end result to the passage of play. Whereas it, it might just be easy to point fingers at this, but suddenly it looks a lot worse. When or, you're or at least re- just to jump in, more yeah. possession sustained higher up the pitch. I think yeah, that's that's what is fallen away. Um, sorry, Jack. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I think the narrative on Manning's being rewritten a little bit. We we had such a good start, but there weren't many games where we actually dominated the game in terms of battering someone. Fleetwood away, perhaps Derby away, probably seventy minutes of a really good performance. But other games that we won. 1-0 against Carlisle, we weren't great. We nicked it late against Charlton. We could um, away at Barnsley. Barnsley, very but they could day. have got back into it. They missed yeah, two massive yeah. sitters and we scored on the counter kind of thing. At this season, we haven't absolutely ripped anyone apart, really. Maybe Burton, but they, they were woeful. We have slowed down. We've, what we've actually done is we slowed down everything. We've slowed down the slow stuff under Manning across the back four, five, whatever it is. And now we don't seem to be able to turn the screw to suddenly make an attacking move that little bit quicker. So I'm thinking the second goal at Derby that was on the counter where we moved the ball quickly, got someone out wide and played it across. Everything in our play at the moment has got slower. The ball comes into Rodriguez. He wants to drift back across the pitch rather than looking for a give and go. We're not getting the ball into the box as quick, as early. And that might be because we're missing players like Greg Lee who does want to cross early. And But it's we're very static. I think we said watching it last night, McGuane gets the ball, he looks up, or you used the, the point about Elliot Moore. Elliot Moore, Kieran Brown get the ball, they look up and they can't see anyone moving in front of them. And the yeah. style we play needs us to be able to play three or four quick passes to break, break an opposition's press. Or, Otherwise, or you rely you rely on McGuane doing his thing where he rolls a player and, tur- and turns yeah. out. And second half at Carlisle... He was doing. He was getting a lot of success of that, and then suddenly we looked like this progressive team that could actually play through the lines. But it's all. It was all based on him, bit finding that ability, that extra bit of space to be able to move the ball out. Otherwise, there was going to be fair. Goodrum as well really came yeah, into it. Second I think half. It's frustrating is that Goodrum and Ruben need to be more proactive than effectively waiting for McGuane mm. or Brannigan to roll someone pivot yeah, find a way to unlock the way, exactly yeah um they've, they've got a really complicated job to do and it's not easy um but they've either got to gamble to get up close to harris one of them or try and find some width or be the point that they actually make mcguane and brannigan's job easier so that they can move the ball on and then that wing back can be unlocked to move yeah. forward and so that you actually unleash but- the, the wing backs into it so it, it's sort of I do think there's a bit of a, a disconnect in the midfield completely the, at the moment. And that's the thing that gets me about Goodrum to dig him out slightly is that I just don't see that desire, that urgency to make the runs to help your teammates find a pass, to, even if it's moving it into space and it's a 50-50 where the Goodrum's going to get on the end of it. I don't see... I see Goodrum preferring to come shorter with his back to goal to then find another pass rather than be, but maybe it's just because he's not that type of winger that's going to play on and roll and run off the back line. But then I'm like, it's not, then what are we doing when you're playing five at the back with Goodrum? I just can't quite work out what we're doing. Yeah. Sometimes I, I was about to say that I think the absence of Mills is massive now because for me, he was a kind of definition of a winger. He wants to get the ball and take someone on. He's a bit quicker, a bit trickier. Goodrum's... Lincoln away, Lincoln away, another yeah. game where Mills, and that was another game actually where we just bossed them the whole game. It was easy. But Mills, if you remember, John, you were there, weren't you? Mm. He just, the whole game, just finding, running off that, but especially first half, just finding endless space and running in behind well, that, and that giving was everyone options. converted from yes mills to absolutely like he's he's definitely um got there but um sorry I jack think, i cut jack yeah. off i got excited no, about I, I was Lincoln. just saying i think that we saw it last night the wing backs bennett's not a gut busting 
forward thinking, attacking wing back. He's a pretty solid job and he can cross quite well, but he can't get up and down for 90 minutes. Um, we had this weird thing last night where Stevens was coming so narrow to actually the point of playing a right wing back got killed by yeah. him coming so narrow. That was bizarre. So yeah. we, we, we've got into this position again where we, the style we want to play is attacking and quick with width, but the players are able to put on the pitch. Mills has gone. Goodrum is much more of a wide midfielder rather than a winger, in my opinion. And it's, I know it's very easy to silo people off interceptions, but with, unless, unless Bury is going to be this player or the next player that comes in, with Brown and Edwards sat in the treatment room, we're actually missing that raw uh, that raw attacking pace now in the squad, which is what we really need, I think, when in the style of wanting to play, which is about getting the ball into the attacking players to do something. And when yeah. Ruben's off form and he starts floating around looking to try and get the ball and you know, doesn't really hold his position. It's those things as a combination that make us look so kind of ponderous. Yeah, yeah, agree. The 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 other call out, um, Goodrim in in a positive note. As I said, he came into it at Carlisle second half, especially. But that the the third goal we scored, where Elliot Moore kind of st- stepped out of defence and played like a sublime <laughs> through ball in behind, and Goodrim scored a very kind of similar goal that he got um, in the Cambridge home game where he kind of cut inside and then just kind of found, placed it, curling into the far corner. Um, he tried it again last night, didn't he? Towards the end of the Barnsley game. But yeah, If we, if we persist with this system, which may, have been, may only be temporary down to personnel, but what you really need is more to, yes, play those brilliant passes for Charlton and <coughs> Carlisle, but actually play more of the kind of 10, 15 yard balls into midfield or cutting out McGrain and Branigan. That's how this system kind of relies because it you should have a you have a centre half that in theory can pass um much more effectively and yeah. more can do it. But I don't think he's he's not gonna sort of do it all the time. He's much significant yeah, hugely improved. Yeah. For sure. I think Definitely. It, I think it is a kind of summing up point that it feels like under Manning we had a lot of pieces that were more joined together whereas slowly the pieces have kind of unjoined themselves a little bit. And a lot of that's to do with tweaks that Des wants to make versus how Liam Manning played. A lot of it's to do with not having players available um, through injury and the like. But how long do you wait for those pieces to kind of join together before yeah. you kind of go, well, what are we accepting? A, if, if, we, if we were to miss out on the playoffs this year, does the club go, that's a massive chance missed, which the fans would think? Or do they think, oh, well, we know where we're at now. Let's go again next season. It just feels like we're a little bit caught into what we're trying to do. That's a really good way to look at it. Because I'm in this place where it all looks very disjointed. And I went away last night. I kept getting, I got Twitter open a couple of times. I was going to write something. I was like, do you know what? I can't be asked. asked." Because I'm probably a bit emotional. And it was so, it felt so disjointed and all over the place. Um that I just I didn't know what to think and I didn't want to be too negative. Um I, but... I feel I feel for Des because he's clearly the sort of manager who wants to play a certain style and he came into quite a good situation you think to try and sort of start implementing that from the off and then has been hit with injuries, other points. So he's probably ended up in this kind of like and there's been sort of challenges about getting the staff in and all that sort of stuff. So he probably he feels like he's ended up in this sort of middle ground place where he's kind of managing the squad and the situation, which is football. Like you don't always get to start on a perfect situation. So I'm not saying you've got loads of sympathy, but he's kind of in a sort of, am I firefighting to get to a point or am I trying to implement at the same time? And that part of me is why you probably end up in a sort of halfway house as the team feels, but injecting general kind of, cohesion, energy kind of feel that's dropped off the players. Some of the body language from a couple of them just feels a bit off to look at as well. Yeah. So it's, uh, when I, he, um, you know, in the dub um, where Des was on it more recently, Des was saying like the end of the P- the Peterborough game was a turning point where he felt he needed to take control of tactics and shape and what we're doing and how we're doing it and put his philosophy onto the team. But, and I I was happy when he reflected on like the Carlisle performance. He said second half, they were getting in too much down our right. We didn't address that. We need to make sure we tighten it. Th- and things like that, I, I like hearing about. 
but I'd like to hear about the nature of last night. <laughs> like in the reflection uh, post match, there was like, oh, we created lots of chances. We don't. I was like, what game? The key, their keeper. Yes, he kind of the, the, a couple of Brannigan shots, one from a free kick where you know fizzed in, but it was it was just a confused performance where actually shape. I did. No one really understood what we were doing or what we were trying to do in how we were playing. And that's the type of stuff where I know you managers, you, you can't go full Troy Deeney, but you want to see, you want to hear something about, yeah, we just couldn't get going in this area. We need to transition a bit better into midfield. We need to see blah, 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 blah. Maybe I asked too much for wanting to hear that. But if you don't hear it, then you're just hearing the stuff you've watched. You're just hearing, you're just, I don't, know. I think I don't know. It's 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 funny, isn't it? Because prior to the Barnsley game, we'd won three out of our last four in the league in very different ways. Obviously, we had Cambridge late on Charlton, where we kind of got. Mo- it's all moments based, though. Well, yeah, it? but, this, but this, poor performances with moment, like for large parts with moments. But, and, but, that's that's fine in odd games. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Car- that, the Carlisle win, I was like, don't care how we play, we played because we just needed to win. And this time of the year, you get a quota of like those sorts of things. But you then go straight into Barnsley, and it's like yeah. it's really quite painful. I think that this is the point. This isn't a, we're rubbish, we're going to miss out in the playoffs kind of chat. It's a, we're definitely not good enough to go up automatically. I don't think the league's not very good this year. You know, you, you win three in a row, you're probably back in the hunt again. I think this is just being realistic. That weirdly, for the position we're in there are probably quite a lot of points to our game that do need improvement to sustain a top six challenge. And I think everyone yeah. can see them and we probably want to want want to hear them a little bit more from the manager. But I think we've learned to understand as well that he's not someone who's going to kind of come out naming everything that's wrong because he prefers to do it behind closed doors perhaps a bit more and, than his predecessors. for some of the games, because yeah. of yeah. things like injuries, like Charlton, I'm sure there will have been a thing before that game which is essentially like, Guys, we just need to get through this. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I realise that we're setting the team up with now all the optimal players and all the optimal positions, but we're just going to have to effectively just find a way to do it. And that with a bit of time and we get into February and there's less Tuesday night games, it will, if that's when you want to see the real kind of implementation in a lot of these things that we're picking up on. Yeah. It's. I'm happy he needs time he needs his own players he need it's all of that it's still okay to get frustrated as fans yeah yeah and and I, I, cool and that's uh, there's sometimes where like you get pedestal fans going give him time it's like yes I know like we'll give him time we'll still be supporting and backing him but at the same time it's fine to be a little bit I, I completely agree with Jack with how where you're at about you know we just need to get a balance on things but I think uh, I I don't think I haven't thought that we've ever this season been overly good consistently I think six are probably about right for if you lay up all our play so far this season we're probably in about the right position which is still a bloody good position at this time of the season like there's so much there's so much this team can do or could do you just you're just desperate for it to click consistently. Exactly, and that's exactly. why it's so frustrating as a fan. That's the opportunity, isn't it? And when you look at the league table, I haven't actually looked at it. Cause I never look when we lose. <laughs> it makes me sad. Um, but from memory, it's like the top eight of kind of running away a little bit. And wasn't it um, Stevenage and then Blackpool, Blackpool maybe behind them? And then otherwise, everything else is pretty much irrelevant. I know Northampton have come into a bit of form. They won again, didn't this, they? Yeah, well, this plays but, this whole point about the opportunity of this season. There's they, exa- Exactly that, though. So we're playing, we've got like a mini league um, that we're in. and But you do have to, I, we don't deserve to get into the playoffs if we just bottle it against every team around oh, yeah. us for the second half of the season. And that's the that's the thing. This is about achieving perfection, but take the Barnsley game last night I know that there was a lot of chat before and you've got Barnsley friends who said they've been god awful and are scraping some of these rocks but I thought they were really really effective they landed all the different parts of what they were trying to do and their game me, management was absolutely brilliant but my Barnsley mate said that that was the best they'd played like off the ball for weeks weeks and weeks he said pressing and we said the same didn't we watching it 
their pressing was just yeah so but we feel a long way off that kind of 80% complete performance that Barnsley possibly more than 80% that they delivered like comprehensively playing a system and knowing what they were going to do their midfield you know able to sort of comprehensively dominate ours with a minimal effort it seemed um having the options available yeah um it it was just sort of it didn't feel like we felt like we were we are actually a reasonable way off that sort of space but it can to jack's point you you know that within that squad something can click and yeah. then we can get three on the bounce or something and then with that you're right back into contention that pompey game feels big to put an end to this kind of actually crap can we just not touch any of these teams in and around us um they they need results as well their fans are all <laughs> crawling all over them. i think to be fair um, most of the top six fans are all twitchy like derby lost at derby Reading, lost, yeah. and that they get a bit twitchy again Bolton had a little bit of a rut. Peterborough are probably one of the only um, kind of ha- completely happy fan bases because they're just well in it. Obviously, Pompey is Pompey just get twitchy in the second half every season when they're doing well. Obviously, we've talked about ourselves and Barnsley, so I think that that's the thing. That it's very much a top top eight, you think, unless someone comes flying from lower down. But it's not the best top eight. We I think we've seen. How many seasons have we been in League One now? Seven seasons, eight seasons. It's probably the worst, yeah, or closest top six in terms of ability. There's no outstanding team, which is why it's no. so frustrating when you can see what we need to do to kind of imprint on it. It just doesn't feel like we've, in recent weeks, have demonstrated that we're going to be able to challenge. It feels like if we scraped into the playoffs now and you got Derby. Um, it would feel like that Blackpool playoff hmm. game. <laughs> at, some point we had. We need, at some point, we need to stop grinding through games yeah. and sort of the feel of it. Um, but I think that will come as we side of the players go into February. Um, but, so I'm, I'm not remotely worried about it. And we, we did only lose 1-0 last night. Like, Brannigan hits the bar... The wind was ridiculous. Their goal was annoying. I don't really want to talk about their goal, mainly because of that second phase of play where we just... It brought me memories back of Derby at home with their 65 crosses. Um, that was just yeah. frustrating, though, because from it was almost like not doing the basics. Like We were just slow, cumbersome coming out of the box. Um, I was... I mean, p- people, and I'm, I'm bad at this for getting a bit obsessed with like second ball winning, and that's a... That's not that's a habit that you get into. It's not it's not actually a thing per se, but it just felt like a lot of that wasn't happening. We were our decision making was kind of get the ball and try and knocking it in the wrong way to players as well, like a lot in the air for no reason and allowing allowing crosses to come in and the opposition to challenge for them is 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 my main concern with us now on from a defensive point of view. how we stood off last night was unbelievable. We did it for a couple of the goals against Derby. Northampton's winner came from across that. They scored two just, headers, yeah. didn't they? And it's all yeah. very well. I think Des said in his interviews that, oh, that's been a problem all season. Yes, it has, but surely, surely we should be looking to try and address it. Um, yeah. It's frustrating because it, it means teams don't have to work very hard to score against us. And when we're not clicking further forward, it, it it's like a double whammy. Yeah. The um, in terms of chances great, we talked about Brannigan having a couple. Harris uh, first half kind of broke clean through, but it didn't quite sit for him. Played Stevens in, and then there was one where McGwain found himself for the first time in human history clean through, um, and then could have just the keeper was out of his box, wasn't he? And was doing salmon jumps, and McGwain kind of it would have been. It felt like it was one of them where. If, McGuane got it on target and above the guy's head. The keeper would have probably by, tried to handle it by, I think, you know, Yeah, I think if intuition. the bounce had been like... I think if the keeper had been half a foot backwards... Back yeah, I, I do agree. It, it didn't lower, look that... It would have been the, probably the most silky, you know, replaying it over and over type of goal. Yeah, but he does get paid money to play football. So he could have... Yeah. It was an awful. It was a crap, oh, no, it's, no, I'm just crap not, finish. Not excuse and, and Harris missed a good one in this early in the yeah, second half. Yeah, he could have taken around the keeper, couldn't he? When uh, he got their, their defender fell over. 
um all in all you know it's not the end of the world but it we've got to get a result at rovers now um and get into a good position to take on pompey that it, you don't want to be in a position where we don't get any points at rovers and then it builds everything into tuesday so I see it. Well, especially the game after Pompey is ready at home, which will be, you know, have a a waiting on it for, for, for what it is kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to pick up at least one victory out of the next two just to, because otherwise you don't need any more on that Reading game than all the noise that's going to be around it anyway. Are they sabotaging any of their away games or just their home games? Um, unknown, but they get a points deduction next time they do, so they might not for a while. Can we have those points? <laughs> Can it do work two ways? Um, uh, League One wrap. So we kind of talked a bit about where p- teams are at organically. In terms of transfers around the place, that Blackett Taylor, who actually played really well uh, for Charlton um, against us, he looked really decent. He's gone to Derby with a quite a significant loan fee, hasn't he? Um, any other things to shout about, Jack? Just- there's not loads going on at the moment with teams around us. Stephen has added a kind of couple from the league below on loan, which is very Steve Evans. Um, Portsmouth have lost Alex Robertson, who's on loan from Man City to a long-term injury, so they've replaced him with a lad from Brentford. But we're the only ones, I know Darby has spent a loan fee, we're the only ones who have splashed a decent amount of cash on anyone. So it is, seems quite a slow window um, in mm. terms of the top teams improving their squads. And then, um, yeah, Charlton sacked Appleton after Northampton um, won in the last last minute. As soon as that went in, I swear, I think you guys said that's Appleton gone, 100%. Um, it's pretty toxic for him. What, he had a really bad run. It was quite akin to his original manager, managerial career at, um, what was it, like Blackburn and Blackpool and whatever else, that part of the world. But he had a bad run. I think they hadn't won in nine or something. Um, yeah, so we've got Rovers um, away, then Pompey at home. Obviously, they're stuttering a bit. That's going to be that's going to be key. Um, where did what's his face? Uh, our old mate played for Pompey. End up going Ronan Curtis. Didn't he go to like Wimbledon? Yeah, or something? South Wimbledon. That's just delicious. Steep hill, but he's gone down. Sorry, Wimbledon fans. Um, yeah, and as you say, then Reading, Blackpool, Wigan. Not the easiest run of games for us. There you go. You're going to go to Blackpool, either of you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I might do that. Um, Cole? Wrap up there. Anything else against about Rovers that we should be keeping out for? How's their form and stuff like that? Well, they've, lo- they've lost four in a row, having started quite well under their new manager. Um, but yeah, they've lost four in a row now, including two back-to-back games at home. So they'll have a bit of pressure on them because I think they had a little bit of belief that they might get in the playoff mix. But having lost those four in a row, have now dropped off. Um, I mean, yeah, they had wins in December. They beat Bolton, Portsmouth and Charlton in very quick succession. Conceding um, a lot of late goals as well. So that's going to be sort of players on your confidence a bit at home feels like it's winnable doesn't it you just got to bring well, and the other thing that someone's helpfully pulled out their clean sheets are 22nd in the league um, but John Marcus Christ I thought he <laughs> seems like a last in the past Chris Martin is that the derby yeah Chris Martin how old's he it's been around ages know, keep, oh. keep scoring he just signed a new contract today as well so Seeing cold play as well. Yeah, busy bloke, isn't he? Fucking hell. He is all yellow, though. So, <laughs> moving on. Aaron, Aaron Collins was the one that tore us apart um, in the reverse fixture, wasn't he? We just yeah. couldn't, couldn't handle him. They sort of feel like very much where they were when we played them last time. They've, they've got some actually good players on paper, but you don't really know what's going to turn up. It always feels very up or down at Rovers when we go there. It's, it's, see, when did we ever draw there? Can't think of the last time. We often get we someone seen... sent off at Bristol Rovers, don't we? It feels like yeah. It. I, I could we could do with a goal like Kemar Roof scored there. One of them. Just I'll take a one nil. 
with that. We drew a draw, to be fair. I haven't drawn since Reading away, which must be 10 games or so ago. Yeah. I'm not taking that at the moment. Yeah, it's a need to win this one. Need to win, yeah. Okay, right. Cheers, chaps. How long has this been? Just it's over an hour again. We always This was meant to be one of our quick <laughs> turbo pods. So Jack can watch the traitors. And uh, here we are. Do you know what? I, I have been watching it. I don't, but I don't like it, but I do like it. And I can't work it out. Uh, yeah, so here, we'll do- here's a good question to end on. And maybe people can tweet us. Which uh, three players in our current squad would be good traitors? Ooh. John, do you watch this thing? No. No. Hence it's just a, it's just it's basically just you sit in a room and chat shit and lie. So which players would do that? Is what Jack's asking you. Good I think, liars. I think James Henry's got a bit of a dark side to him. I can yeah, I can I'd believe um, him. So maybe James Henry would be quite good. I think Brannigan would be hard to read. Um actually really? Kieran Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Kerry Brown would be the worst. I think. <laughs> Don't know. Um, Elliot Moore probably. He's, he's reasonably clever. Yeah. So you don't get this on the dub, and that's BBC affiliated. Obviously, they could have gone to town. They'll steal this now. That's how we'll know if <laughs> Jerome Jerome's been listening. They'll have their traitors section with Ben Perkis leading it. Right, um, thanks for listening as always. Um, come on, you yellows. Surely six points in the next two games. Hazar will be back with glee and there'll be no fickle, no fickleness anywhere. See you later. Mm-hmm.